The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Initiative. Welcome to a special edition of the Avengers Initiative, a PoppyChulaRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Tuesday, December 28th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on Disney Plus's first year of MCU storytelling. Please welcome my co-host, Priscilla Rocha. Hello, hello. And Professor X. Hello, everyone. All right, listeners, we're doing something different this time around. Uh, We're looking back at the year 2021 via the Disney Plus MCU lens. We're going to be discussing sort of like the good, the bad, and the ugly of everything MCU Disney Plus. This was um, Disney Plus's first year of... uh, you know, uh, producing, or not producing, but releasing content that's MCU-oriented. And so we figured we might as well discuss, uh, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all. We're also going to be, you know, giving our hopes, our dreams, uh, um, what we would like to see come in the new year, in the year 2022, in the MCU proper. So in everything in the MCU. So uh, listeners... For um, old time's sake, like, we're going to give you a spoiler alert right now, because during our discussion, we might be dropping uh, uh, storyline, story points, you know, uh, stuff that happens basically in anything and everything MCU from Iron Man all the way up to Spider-Man No Way Home. So if you haven't seen any of those movies, in particular Spider-Man No Way Home, um... Yeah, spoiler alert, I'm just saying. So, the first question that I have, um, and this is, listen, this is going to be sort of like a freeform type of, uh, you know, dialogue, is uh, this first year of Disney Plus MCU content. What did we think of it? Um, I, I mean, if I recall correctly, I mean, we really did grade all of the seasons pretty highly. Uh, the the one series that we didn't do was the animated What If series, um, but for the most part we we enjoyed and and graded in the A range all of the uh, Marvel live action content. Uh, so, Professor, what did you think of year one for the MCU on Disney Plus? You know, it, it was a great year. I mean, the the problem is, you know, it, it was a great year. I, you know, none of the series were were dogs. I think they were all very successful in their own way. They were all very different from each other. Um, the only danger is, you know, how do you top that? You know, how do you go on to a year two? How do you avoid the sophomore slump? Uh, 
Uh, and, you know, some of the, uh, the, the I'm looking forward to a lot of the titles, but, you know, what we got this year was, was really good. Um, you know, we, we talked, you know, you know, not always, you know, sometimes a little uneven and stuff like that, you know, in, in some cases, but for the most part, you know, especially, you know, in a year when so many of us were having to spend more time at home because of the pandemic, thank heavens that the, the MCU on Disney plus took up all of those hours of my life that otherwise I would have spent just, you know, staring out the window, wishing I could go out and play. Yeah. Very true. It's fascinating how this year for the MCU ended up happening, like how this year on uh, for the MCU on Disney Plus ended up happening, because initially Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to come out first, uh, but then because of COVID setbacks and that sort of thing, you know, production shutdowns and, and whatnot, uh, WandaVision ended up being the first one. And, you know, it's it's almost like... You know, you can't really tell what the reaction would have been like had it been the other way around. You know, if we were not in a global pandemic, if the Marvel content had been, you know, churning out at the normal pace, if there wasn't that Marvel drought that there was before WandaVision came out... You know, would WandaVision have been a big hit? Would Falcon and the Winter Soldier be a bigger hit because it came out first? There's so many questions and and just interesting factors in, like, how everything was released that we'll never know the answer to. But um, it it was a record-breaking year for the MCU on Disney+. Uh, Priscilla, your thoughts on the first year for the MCU on Disney+. What is it that uh, between all of the shows that they're all, that they're all the top pirated shows in? I read that. So, like, y- you gotta admit that these shows are popular, and they're popular for a reason because they're interesting, they're eye catching, and they're good. That I, for one, loved all of the shows. I loved What If, I loved Loki, I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I loved WandaVision, I loved Hawkeye. But I, if I had to rank them, like, I have definite rankings for, for each and every single one of them. Like, there there is a point to, where, where I know which one of them is, like, the tip-top in my heart. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. But they all were really good in their own unique way, which... I mean, it, it. you know, the professor said it best, I think. You know, how are they going to top this? Because it was such a strong first year. We didn't have an out-and-out, out out, like, clunker in the bunch. So They appeal to different people. Yeah, they I, appeal to different people. Well, yeah, because uh, I have seen a lot of people really not like WandaVision. How dare you people not like WandaVision? Uh, but, but at least in my opinion, I didn't see a clunker. So, uh, and, and, and I was someone who admitted, you know, I was not looking forward to Hawkeye and that one won me over. So, uh, you know, it was a pretty strong year for Disney plus period. Uh, we had a lot of, um, MCU debuts across the, the various shows. Uh, we had a glimpse of, uh, the multiverse, on, um, you know, sort of like a, a taste of the multiverse on Loki, and then a larger experience of that on What If. 
We had the amazing Catherine Hahn make her debut in the MCU as uh, Agatha Harkness. Um, she's getting her own spinoff. Uh, we had the MCU uh, proper debut of Kingpin on Hawkeye. So there, there were some really big moments across all of the Disney Plus MCU series. So where do we go from here? 2022 is going to have a bunch of series debuting on Disney Plus. We don't know when they're going to debut. But they are going to debut, and uh, we also are going to have, at least as of now, you know, it seems like we are going to have an actual full year of Marvel content on the big screen. Uh, what are we looking forward to? Um, you know, what what are yeah, what are we most excited about for the new year for the MCU, Priscilla? Is it weird that I'm most excited for Ironheart? Like, I'm most excited for Ironheart, and I'm most excited for She-Hulk. Like, I I really want to see those two characters. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Professor, what about you? Well, I'm most looking forward to She-Hulk. I think it's it's it could be the biggest swing they take, um, because everything else, as you said, you know, it's kind of been like we've been watching these six-hour movies or eight-hour movies and everything like that. But She-Hulk, because, you know, they're basing this on the the John Byrne uh, take on She-Hulk, where she's sort of, uh, well, as, as near as we can tell, where it's much more overtly comedic. Um, it's uh, it, it's almost, you know, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, what will they do next? What can they do next? I think one thing they they might do is, you know, rather than trying to do the, the six-hour movie or the eight-hour movie, uh, where everything just feels like, you know, a, a lengthened, uh, you know, uh, typical MCU movie on TV, maybe going the sitcom route that, uh, you know, She-Hulk could be more of a sitcom, more of a, you know, maybe a workplace type sitcom, uh, you know, with uh, with the humor that that entails. Uh, possibly, you know, I was going to say even a laugh track. I doubt they would go that far, but you never know. Um, the other one that I'm really looking forward to is uh, is Ms. Marvel. Uh, Kamala Khan is uh, is one of my favorite characters, um, you know, and again, you know, in terms of, you know, if, if She-Hulk is going to be, you know, more of the sitcom, maybe, uh, you know, Ms. Marvel is going to be more of the angsty teen drama, the sort of thing, you know, like a Riverdale type show or something like that. But I think that if one thing that, that the Marvel Cinematic Universe managed to do is they they didn't just always do the same type of movie. So Ant-Man and Ant-Man, the Wasp were heist movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's its own style of movie. Uh, and so they managed to do that. You know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 1 and 2 were space opera movies. And uh, so they managed to do that type of movie in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that, you know, uh, if they're going to make, you know, uh, these MCU uh, Disney Plus shows hold up, they're going to have to branch out in that way. So, you know, doing something like a workplace comedy, doing something like a, um, you know, a, a, you know, an angsty teenage drama or something like that. Um, I think that, you know, uh, as they get more confident and as they realize, you know, we are doing so many shows that I think they're going to have to branch out and, and try different styles of show as well. So I, I'm really intensely curious uh, to see uh, what they do with those. And uh, yeah, so as I say, you know, She-Hulk, I'm definitely looking forward to. Ironheart is a great character as well. Um, 
uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with uh, with Ms. Marvel. Um, you know, a, you know, they, they cast a, you know, a pretty much an unknown as the lead. So, I mean, that could backfire. Uh, and they've, they've changed her power set because I, you know, I think that, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kamala's uh, powers in the comics would be, I think, very difficult to do visually uh, in, in a TV medium as opposed to um, uh, what they do in the comics, even though in the comics it works great because, you know, the, the sort of, uh, gawkiness, you know, mirrors uh, Kamala's, uh, you know, uh, difficulty, you know, just, you know, living as a teenager. And also, you know, the fact that, you know, Kamala was sort of playing that uh, that Peter Parker role of the the teenager who's given powers and is trying to balance a home life with, uh, with you know, being a superhero and hiding it from her family and all of those things. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to both of those. But I, I think they have to break away from doing these in the same way that they've done other uh, Disney Plus shows. I think they have to try to do something new and keep them fresh and interesting. I am looking forward to what both of you have been discussing, but uh, you guys haven't mentioned Moon Knight, and I'm really hyped about Moon Knight. They recently released... I'm not a Moon Knight fan. See, I don't really know the character, but you have Oscar freaking Isaac as Moon Knight, so I feel like it's going to be fantastic because it's Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. And I've been seeing uh, they released like the the official costume, which looks badass. Um so I'm I'm kind of interested in it because I feel like that's gonna be something completely different. I mean that's gonna be a little darker and grittier. Um what I hope ends up happening and I feel like the Disney Plus people are going to have to realize that this needs to happen is they're going to have to create some sort of um, adult side of Disney+. Plus. Um, I, I think you're just going to have to. Um, I, I don't think they're going to want to port over some of the more adult um, MCU characters to, like, Hulu or something. Um, if I'm not mistaken, international Disney+. Plus. Uh, subscriptions include an adults-oriented section where, like, rated R movies and uh, shows with a little bit more of an uh, like adult content are sort of stored there. I feel like they're going to need to do that on the American Disney Plus because I would love to see, as you said, Professor, you know, them delving into different genres for some of the series just to allow them to stand out a little bit more. And I don't want to see a watered-down kind of horror genre. So, uh, you know, with Blade coming out and uh, there are other sort of like really hard R type of MCU characters with, you know, that feature a lot more blood and gore and guts and that sort of thing that I would love to see, you know, uh, in a series. Um, I I hope that they create some sort of section on Disney Plus where that can be allowed because um, I, I wouldn't want a sort of watered down, tamed version of those characters. Um, you know, Deadpool is out there. And they could do a lot with Deadpool. So um, if, if they are going to allow him to be R-rated in the MCU, then they're going to have to allow some other characters to be R-rated as well. I'm just saying. We'll have to wait and see if any of that ends up happening. But uh, there, there is a lot of stuff to look forward to in the year 2022. On Disney+, Plus. we are going to be getting Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, Secret Invasion, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special which is exciting. 
Um, out of all of that, the only one that really has an official release date is the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which is uh, for December of next year. And the the big movies that are going to be coming out are Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, and um, supposedly Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. If you've been but following, that's been in hiatus for a long time, though. I know that's what I'm saying. If you've been following any of the BTS, I would not be surprised if they bump up the Marvels to November. And um, my hope is that they recast T'Challa. I'm just, I'm just saying, like R- Ryan Coogler, I know you're listening. You're one of my one of our biggest fans, probably not. But um, if you do happen to find this, please reconsider and go back to your original script and just recast T'Challa, please. Thank you. It's yeah. a tough call because on the one hand, you know, I, I would hate to be the actor who's following Chadwick Boseman, someone who who absolutely embodied the character and did it so beautifully and is is such a beloved and respected character. Um, so my initial reaction was, yeah, you know, you, you can't recast that. But I have been hearing people saying that, look, this is an important character to have. He's a, a role model. He's, you know, um, you know, he's he's an important character to have. And, you know, just putting someone else there, you know, with a different name who is basically doing the Black Panther. Um, I, I yeah, I, I can see it both ways. But as I say, I would hate to be the actor uh, who's following him. True. Mm-hmm. I think the unless one... it's Michael B. Jordan. If yes, you could find that's what I was going to say. Michael B. Jordan. Oh my God, he he would be so so good. I agree, and that's what I think they could do. They could have him be a T'Challa variant that somehow gets stuck on you know Earth Prime of the MCU, and uh, yeah, th- there you go. You fixed it. They might have to actually recast Shuri, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day if you've been following any of the BTS. <laughs> but um, I don't know what's going on with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I am looking forward to it, but I just want them to do it right. So Ryan Coogler, Disney, if you guys have to go back to the original script, I mean, I think it, it would be money well spent. You know, I think the hype for that film is so high that it just has to be fantastic. So um, I don't know what they're going to be doing with it, but uh, as of right now, outside of that one, I really am looking forward to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We saw a trailer for it. The professor privately bitched that he didn't get a, a, a true end credit scene. It was a trailer, but the trailer was fantastic. So I was cool with us getting the trailer for it. It looks batshit crazy. It looks like we're getting the live-action debut of Doctor Strange Supreme, which, I mean, that means... I mean, I know we kind of knew it, because they, they are saying that everything MCU, Disney+, Plus is canon. And we saw that with the Black Widow film, you know, with the, with the, the end credit sequence and all that kind of stuff. But seeing Doctor Strange Supreme after seeing him as an animated character, seeing him in the flesh, is something else. So this whole now, officially, it's all connected thing, it really is all connected. I was surprised at that, and I'm even more hyped for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If that does happen, I, I, I really hope they get Jeffrey Wright. 
uh, and to, to do the Watcher. Because if you're going to go with the multiverse, I think that gives you an excuse and a reason to bring in, you know, the Watcher in a live action uh, MCU as well. And, and I would definitely be on, on, uh, you know, uh, on board for that. Totally. 100%. Yes, I'm here for it in a big way. There's so much that they can do with the multiverse. Just the fan service type of cameos that they can bring in. You know, you don't have to sign on a big-named actor for multiple, you know, productions. You can sign them on for a little cameo. You know, you're playing Iron Man of Earth, you know, 39 or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's what they can do with the multiverse. It's really exciting. Uh, let's just hope they don't fuck it up. I'm just saying. Um, yes. Anything else it's in, on the big screen? And no one, well, no one's mentioned. Oh, I didn't mention Thor: Love and Thunder. I am looking forward to it. It looks crazy, in a good way. From well, what... I think you know Taika Waititi has has earned our trust. Yes. Um, you know uh, who is you know he, he has you know discovered you know I mean he's got you've got Taika Waititi, uh, you've got Chris Hemsworth, and they've suddenly discovered oh wait this guy can be funny as well. You know if this is just a continuation. Uh, of Ragnarok, uh, I think it'll be great. I don't know how they're going to deal with the uh, uh, the uh, the Jane Foster, you know, becoming Thor angle of things because technically Mjolnir has been destroyed, and in the comics, it's because you know she picked up Mjolnir, and of course, whoever possesses the hammer, if he or she, if they be worthy, uh, shall possess the power of Thor, and that was how they they got around it, you know, in the comics. How will they do it in here? I don't know, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, it will be a little odd because this will be our first Thor movie without Loki. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be, you know, a, you know, that's going to be a real something. I think we're going to, we're going to feel the absence uh, there pretty strongly. But that giant hole is going to be filled allegedly by a bunch of guardians. Well, so, guardians and gods, you know, yes. uh, other gods of other pantheons. So that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they are taking risks with some of these films, you know, because, you know, we, we're so used to, like, in the first couple phases of the MCU, where it really is, like, the titular character. And yes, there were a couple of other people, yes, it was an Iron Man movie, but there was Black Widow as sort of, like, you know, a secondary tertiary character and that sort of thing. Um, but now, you know, after they've seen how these characters and, and these actors mesh with some of the larger team ups, you know, they're pairing or they're bringing in, you know, these characters that are on their own series into different series. You know, we're having Doctor Strange with Wanda. We're having the Guardians with Thor. It, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, any final thoughts on what's to come, any, any any other things that either of you are looking forward to that hasn't been mentioned yet, or just any sort of final thoughts on um, Disney Plus's first year with MCU content? That I'm excited for Werewolf by Night. I'm yes. not sure if it's this Halloween or next Halloween, but like, Cal Garcia Bernal, as soon as I heard that he was cast, I was like, okay, now I'm interested in this. Yes, I don't know if it's for next Halloween, but uh, I keep on seeing the title pop up, uh, and I know about the casting, which is exciting. Um, so whenever that comes out, uh, I'm here for it. Um, yeah, I love the concept of you know maybe they don't want to do a full series 
with some of these characters, but creating a one-off special, especially if it's going to be of the same quality as, you know, these series that have multiple episodes. Um, I'm here for it. Yes. Uh, bring on the annual Halloween and holiday specials featuring, you know, some pretty awesome characters. All right. And on that note, join us in 20- Oh, before we get oh, to yes. that note, uh, Jeff, were we going to rank them? Oh, do you want to do that? No, I, you know, Priscilla mentioned she had her favorites, and I certainly have my favorites. All right. Okay. Well, the Professor, since you mentioned it, you get to go first. Give me your ranking uh, for uh, the MCU on Disney Plus in the year 2021. Well, for me, WandaVision is, is the top. Um, I, I can't believe, you know, when you said some people had problems with WandaVision, I think WandaVision was brilliant. It was the most grown up of the, uh, the shows. Um, you know, it dealt with the really big issues. Uh, it gave us, uh, Catherine Hahn, who is going to become such a, you know, I hope such a big character going forward. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the performances were just tremendous and it really, you know, it, it had a great mystery to it, but ultimately, you know, it, it was about grief and dealing with grief and how superpowered people deal with the same problems that the rest of us deal with i thought you know, wandavision is definitely my favorite and uh you know maybe a little emotionally harrowing and uh you know maybe it was a little longer than it needed to be but i think it was uh it was far and away the best uh i would put second i would probably go with hawkeye i don't think that's recency bias i think you know the casting of it was fantastic uh in terms of heart humor and spectacle it was uh it was great uh loki uh third then probably falcon and the winter soldier and uh what if it's not that i disliked what if it's just that I, what if the the comics were all individual standalone episodes and you know the the way that they sort of you know did that and then tied it into an arc there where they they all came together it was satisfying in a way but it didn't feel as true to the idea of you know what if being a a sort of sampler of the multiverse uh that I'd come to uh, expect and hope for um but uh yeah aside from that uh you know it, it it was a lot of fun and you know the the possibility of seeing more of those characters in a season 2 or even possibly standing on their own, uh, I think is great. You know, yeah, uh, Captain Carter, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing more of her. And, and I think I have heard, you know, I, I think I've heard somewhere that they were talking about possibly doing a whole series with Captain Carter, uh, which would be great. But yeah, so for me, uh, yeah, that would be my ranking of, uh, of 2021's uh, Disney Plus shows. I like it. I don't think I'd heard about the Captain Carter solo series. I do remember reading A Marvel Zombies series if i'm not mistaken i know they said that she'd definitely be coming back in yes. some form and i think they said there, there was a possibility that it might actually be a series i hope so anyway well that would be nice yeah especially if it's live action i mean anything with Haley atwell would be welcome i'm just saying and an actual agent carter new season would be nice too uh, yeah anyway we i can won't have i know it's <laughs> it, i won't harp on that but it, it breaks my heart priscilla since you were the one that inspired this, uh, what's your ranking? Okay, it's not recency bias. It's just that I feel that this this episode, this series kind of takes the cake for me in terms of like it being it having an episode that ties everything together at the very end. It 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 clinched the landing and was really good at the beginning it, and it felt like it was steady on throughout the entire series it didn't have like the emotional like the ups and downs it i felt it was steady the entire time so hawkeye then wandavision then falcon and the winter soldier then loki followed by what if damn girl all right 
I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, you blew my mind. Hawkeye is number one. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And for me, uh, for for all the reasons that the professor gave, uh, WandaVision is still number one for me. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, just magic, magic. And and I'm a huge sucker for classic television, so the nostalgia and all that kind of stuff worked for me. And Catherine Hahn was just amazing. Like, everybody was just fantastic. For me, number two would be Loki. Um, I, I loved the... Um, I think looking back on this, this is going to be an important series for phase four, like period, uh, based off of, you know, everything that's, that it dealt with, with the multiverse, um, Mr. Kang and that sort of thing. Uh, Jonathan Majors, amazing. And he was just in one episode, but he was fantastic. Uh, so I think Loki's going to be an important series for phase four, like period. And probably, I don't know if phase four no, I don't think Phase 4 will be encompassed whatever large, decade-long arc that they're going with. Yeah, because the first, I think the first three phases encompass that sort of decade-long arc. So I think Loki could be important for, the, for this next decade-long arc if it is sort of multiverse-centric. For me, the next one would be Hawkeye. I was incredibly surprised by this series. And um, it, it's filled with comedy and heart. And uh, I enjoyed it for that. Uh, next would be What If. Um, it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be more individual storylines and glimpses of the multiverse. But the fact that there, is, there were connections, um, that was surprising for me in a good way. And... At the bottom of the list, but it's not that it was horrible, because I did enjoy it. Um, it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Bucky and Sam were fantastic. So it's not that it was a horrible series, just unfortunately it's at the bottom of my list. But it was good. Um, this, this series, I think maybe why it's at the bottom is just that it felt much more traditional MCU than everything else that's on the list. But that wasn't a bad thing. I'm just saying. It was an embarrassment of riches this first year of the MCU on Disney+. And on that note, join us in 2022 for a brand new installment of the Avengers Initiative. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with the professor. Happy New Year, listeners. And Priscilla. Have a holly jolly Christmas and a happy New Year. Bye, everybody. I love it. We got Priscilla to sing. That was beautiful. Thanks for tuning in. Good night, happy holidays, and happy New Year. <laughs>